football. In general. Hey, hi everybody. It's Rob Kays. Trevor Koppel here. And uh, well, uh, football in general. Just another week. Week three for us here. And uh, uh, Trevor, uh, we got any grab ass going on or what? What? What, nope. what, po- what kind no of podcast grab-ass. is this? What is this no podcast grab-ass. about? Not this week. Not ever. Not ever. Uh, you know. Well, talk to me later in the season. But uh, <laughs> for now, no grab ass. Okay. And, and to be honest, we we both do a lot of squats, so we, you know, there's plenty of ass to grab. But there's just, you know. Anyway, they were grab assing. You know, see what happened there? Um, yeah, man. No, no foot massage. Feet up on the desk, and uh, they're on the ground planted. And what are we talking about today? The 2021 NFL Draft. A uh, few months removed. Uh, I got to tell you, I got a lot of uh, mixed feelings about a lot of things when it comes to the NFL Draft. I love it, but at the same time, um, well, what do you think about the draft before I get into it? You know, the the draft is always a, a good time. We're always desperate for it by the time it comes around. Uh, you know, the the NFL offseason always seems to drag on. It, it takes way too long. Uh, and then once the draft is over, we're right back in, in uh, you know, just waiting way too long for, for anything uh, real to discuss. But the draft is a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun this year. Uh, some pretty interesting uh, moves starting right away with, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who had been his, uh, his, his draft had been speculated on for, I think, three years leading up to it actually happening. Right. So, uh, well, like, it's like, uh, finally happened. <laughs> let me ask you this, right? I, since we, you know, we both love the draft. I think you you hit the nail on the head. It's like a, um, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of like a teasing. You know, a little tease, you know, they just give you give you the tip of the uh, the NFL, <laughs> the, the NFL season. They take it away from you. You know, it's just it's like a like a mother, you know, not giving the child the bottle, you know. And uh, but like, can we really uh, how, let me let me phrase it. What can we tr- what can we trust about the draft? Honestly, what can we trust? Well, about? So, you know, very little. Um it, it's you know there's there's always a ton of expectation and speculation on on how these players are gonna do next level um, you know if, if you're right you knew it all along if you're wrong oh, I should have seen it coming um, but uh, you know it you know it, it really is impossible to predict how these guys are gonna do and how they're gonna affect the teams that drafted them until the season really gets going Right, right. Yeah, and it's like you have just as just as much luck getting a um, Pro Bowl, even NFL quality starting player out of free, um, undrafted free agency as you do out of the first round nowadays and the second round. So it's like I I don't know. I like you know I feel <laughs> they they've sensationalized the first round so much and have just put all these first round potential players on a pedestal. They put them in the green room. They show them at their house. They make sure the 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 family's on TV. You know, it's I I don't know. I I I, I used to like it a lot more. There I said it. There I said it. I, I liked it a lot more. When it when the first and second round were on the same day, it was, I thought it would it was perfect. Now now it's like the drafts in prime time. It takes 15 minutes per pick. 
I, and and it's I mean I, do there is it really take fifteen minutes per pick? I mean the first the first well, round pick uh, Trevor Lawrence spent first round pick for two years. Uh, that's if <laughs> like, if it bothers you at all, that one bothers you a lot. It's like are are you kidding me? The, right. They take what they took almost fifteen minutes. I think they took over fourteen minutes to announce their first pick in the draft. And it's like if there's one pick that you don't need your whole you know, 15 minutes to make, it should be the first pick. Right. So, right. Oh, we've only so, so got 15 me, minutes like... left to decide. Are we sure we want him? Are we... <laughs> yeah. And we can call up the local uh, delivery boy from Pizza Hut and see if he's available. You know, like, I, I, what are you, like, what are you doing? You know, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Urban Meyer's out there playing backgammon. Uh, Urban, get over here. Just grab the phone, you know. Please tell them we're taking Trevor. Oh, was I supposed to do that 15 minutes ago? They're like, come on, bro. You know, <laughs> um, I think, well, so <laughs> two things, two things made this draft really unique. One and the hilarious part. I'm sorry if anybody's listening in Ohio, according to a pod serve, you're not. But if you do pick up the sticks, uh, you know, or you want to clear out some earwax and um, Cleveland, uh, you got the draft this year. What did you think about Cleveland getting the drafts? I, I mean, it honestly, I had to laugh every time they showed a shot, an exterior shot of Cleveland, because uh, it just had, uh, you know, it was stereotypical weather for Cleveland in the springtime, which is to say it looked like absolute garbage outside. <laughs> uh, not not a place that you want to travel to right. to go have a good time, uh, maybe at any time in the year, but certainly not uh, that day. Yeah. And uh, I, just, I just felt bad for the people that are trying to, you know, make a party out of it because the weather was garbage <laughs> and uh there's there's just so like, I, there's so many other places that would have been you know really fun to to go there and experience the city and and spend the weekend having a great time like uh, let me let me ask you this out of all the covid so quote unquote covid friendly cities um what would have been your choice if you had a choice to go to the draft that was covid friendly and like was I mean, reasonable there's a lot of cool places. I think the, the obvious option would have been Vegas. Um, they've got that awesome new stadium. It's, it's, it's a really fun place. Uh, but if it had been up to me, I w- just because I've never really had a chance to, to, to take it in, uh, I think Nashville would have been my choice. Yeah. Um, Nashville is, is you know, I, I've been through it, but I have so many friends that have spent time there and really enjoyed experiencing everything that city has to offer mm-hmm. um so that that's where i would have liked to have gone had i been able to attend a draft right right yeah nashville hosted it um the last time they had people there so it would have been uh 2019 i think um yeah. right and they every time they showed the crowd it was literally just like <laughs> it was like a parade of people from the, like the the stage all the way back thousands and thousands of people it just looked like a massive party every single day all all three days and there's so much stuff to do there and the food's great you got you know grand old opry you got all the music scene you get riverwalk and the bridge and uh, i mean it's yeah it's the, the pinnacle of like sort of southern uh you know culture for lack of a better term right so and, i mean you you listed all of all those things and i you lost me at food because <laughs> uh I'm, I'm a bit of a food guy and uh yeah i, I just not i mean i bet they've got good food in cleveland but you know <laughs> you're, you're there you want to be able to go around uh eat outside enjoy yourself and yeah i think uh i think that's just a great place to have it in cleveland 
no, oh. no, no. In, uh... <laughs> I see what I did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about Cleveland, Tennessee? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> there is Cleveland, Tennessee. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, back to not grab ass. Uh, what did you think about the uniqueness of this draft, considering that, like, probably I would say a decent amount of first round players didn't play in 2020, 2020, excuse me. So like no tape whatsoever, except from 2019, I guess that would be. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you, it, you know, our listeners that have been, been listening to the last couple of drafts, you, you heard or the last couple of podcasts, you heard us talk about what a crazy year it was last year. And, uh, you know, it, it you know, we're trying to put, 2020 behind us but we're not there yet and this is just one more symptom of that really weird year for football and uh you know having players that took a year off go in the the first round or or even just high in the draft uh you almost always think like oh uh you know sam bradford was injured week one and and didn't didn't play his last year in college um, but that wasn't the case this time. You just had a lot of players that had sat out. So it's, it's not as though they had to overcome injury, but also didn't play football for a year. Um, so it, it, all that stuff has to factor into, uh, you know, your crystal ball on terms of predicting what these guys are going to mean to the teams that took them. Yeah. And like, it, I think it, I think it leads to beg the question too, in, in regards to all the things you said, but like, what like can you trust the tape that you see in 2020 considering like no crowd no fans no atmosphere like hardly any pressure in any of these games um in addition to that like i mean hardly any preparation for the season i mean no like organized team practices you know there's just so much that uh went awry i I think that's an i think that's an excellent point Mm -hmm. um especially with you know I mean, with with any of them, but also with with positions that really are affected by uh, you know crowd noise, so uh, you know O linemen, quarterbacks, sure. uh, the sort of pressure that they can you know you know receive from the crowd, but also you know it, you know you learn a lot watching these guys play with momentum, and or, or can they overcome? Uh, the other team's momentum, uh, especially on a road matchup, and and that's just not factored into what we saw from these guys in 2020. Ooh, what what about no combine? It just popped in my head. No NFL combine, first time ever. Well, so that's an interesting yeah. one. It, it really depends on how much stock you put in the combine to begin with. Fair enough. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of fans of the game think that the combine can't really tell you. I mean, it, it's not nothing, but it's not going to tell you what kind of football player they are. Right. I mean, you can you can get a track star invited to the combine and impress people that can't perform, you know, on the on the you know on game day or, or within a you know a, a team setting. So uh, I I don't see that as as impactful as uh, not playing in front of crowds. Hmm. I think the, the I think that's uh, a bigger factor than the no combine because um, I mean there's no combine we still had lots of uh, pro days you know there's, right. there's not a whole lot of difference between a combine and a pro day um, Oh, so. Trevor with the flaming hot take there 
<laughs> the combine doesn't matter as much as anything you see on tape. Uh, well, and, he's, and you're right, but I feel like there's, I mean, the reason they have the combine is to get all those sort of measurables and, you know, it's kind of like, can you perform under pressure and do all these drills and seven on sevens and da 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 you know, and I think it really kind of gives you a chance to showcase your, like the first time in front of NFLs, well, other than them being at the games, but really in front of NFL scouts, like right in front of them, you know, and it, it's broadcast and sort of picked apart by all the, the draft junkies who are, you know, just hanging out in their mom's basements and <laughs> anywho, right. I'll, I'll end there. Absolutely. <laughs> so, right. Uh, let me ask you this here. Um, so with all that being said, would you say that the 2021 NFL draft is like, I mean, well, actually, let me, let me pull, sorry, let me rephrase this. In five years, like, looking back at this draft, like, other not taking the players into account, like, what are some things we may say about it? Oh, uh, you know, off the top of my head, uh, oh, man, uh, you know, thank goodness Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson got out from under those shit organizations. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I think, like, you know, we've said it before, we're trying to put – 2020 behind us right and and really the 2021 draft you know the 2020 draft was 2000 2019's draft right do you understand what i'm saying i got it the the 2021 draft is the covid draft not the 2020 draft that's so that's fair yeah because we played a season (laughs) right under covid rules yeah instead of just like going into covid and then everybody's at home watching you know, um, right. Freaking doofus in his basement. Yeah. So exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, that's uh, not his so, basement. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, sorry, you know, five years from now, we're going to, we're going to see, you know, who we were right about, who we were wrong about, you know, which teams made a major mistake by not drafting somebody. Um, but I think, uh, those, those successes and those mistakes will have the COVID asterisks next to it. And so, right. well, you know, we didn't get to see them play in front of crowds, and we didn't get to find out who they were at the combine. Uh, if you buy into the combine, right? Obviously, obviously, I've made it clear that I don't put a lot of importance on the combine. But you know, some of these guys they haven't played football in over a year now, um, still getting drafted really high because of who they're expected to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So tell me, so let's let's just dive into it because we're 15 minutes in. Let's talk about it. Trevor Lawrence. Oh boy, I'm gonna let you go first because you know I got uh, a grenade to throw here. <laughs> so, right, right. So <laughs> Trevor Lawrence I mean, going Jacksonville number one overall. Go ahead. Like I said, two maybe even three years ago, nobody was gonna be surprised that Trevor Lawrence was gonna go number one overall. Um, the the bigger question as we got closer to it would be who would have that number one overall pick. Um, and uh, Was it ever you know, a doubt such, that Jacksonville would be well, – they suck I mean, so bad. There, there are te- I mean, three years ago, three years ago, you might say, oh, Cleveland will be back in that position again soon. Right. Um, but they really turned their franchise around. Uh, nobody, I don't think anybody would have been surprised if the Jets had had the number one overall draft pick. Um, so, you know, but no, nobody's surprised that uh, – that the worst team got the top overall pick, and that's Jacksonville. Um, Do you think Urban Meyer is the right coach to come in here and like make him like a, even just like a starter, 
like a good start in the NFL, like top fifteen quarterback. Is he is he the right, right. coach? Is he it? You know, it, Urban Meyer's ability to coach uh, championship teams is just, or or you know, championship contending teams. Mm-hmm. It, it it's obvious, but man, it's. It's always interesting to watch one of those guys who is, you know, legend status in NCAA make the transition to to coaching in the NFL because it, it's just not the same. So I I, I think you have to be optimistic. Um, I, I certainly have no reason to root against that team or this coach, uh, but in terms, of, you know, do I think that they can turn it around quickly? Uh, my gut says no. Um, if, if they're going to put together even a, you know, uh, to, to put together any kind of success this first year, uh, I wouldn't put my money on it. So yeah, and and listen, <clears throat> not gonna. I'm, I'm okay. I said this in the last episode. This is sort of my like therapy space for football. All right, you guys are listening to me. Just spill my guts out and get all my emotion and trauma from watching football, <laughs> mainly the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, okay. I'm not trying to sound like Steven Smith, Stephen A. Smith right now. I hate this ownership. I really do. They're, <laughs> they're, it's trash. It's, it is a trash ownership, man. I mean like, okay. So, uh, Tony Khan, right. Uh, excuse me. Um, Chad Khan, Tony Khan's his son, Tony Khan though. Uh, sorry. <laughs> said it again. Shad Khan, is uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since he took over, they went to an AFC Championship game against the Patriots. They've done literally nothing since he's been the owner. And they've all they've done is sort of cycle through presidents, coaches, players. And I, it just makes me really upset because when I was growing up, uh, I loved Jacksonville. I loved Mark Brunel. I like Fred Taylor, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell. I mean... You know, Natron means, you know, they were like the team of the mid 90s, late 90s. And you just turned them into a complete joke. Like, and that team, like, their games, I said it last, the last week, their games get blacked out all the time. You know, they don't get enough players, uh, excuse me, they don't get enough fans in the stadium. Even when they're good, they weren't getting enough fans in the stadium. You know, it's in Jacksonville. I do, yeah. And so, like, you're not too far from the University of Florida, Florida State, you know, all these sort of like hubs for, um, diehard, supposedly diehard football fans, and I'm not calling out the people in Florida. I mean, they love football clearly. I don't know what else there is to do down there. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, okay. So I gotta. <laughs> here comes the ether. Right, just throwing nades all over the place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, like honestly, uh, I, I, I mean, they his, his son Chad Khan is uh, they're they're big on analytics. Tony Khan is the head of analytics. He never worked in football. Is just I, I can't stand analytics. I think the nerds that run it, um, you know. To some degree, it's the future of, of sports and a large uh, baseball, basketball, and all these different sports, hockey. However, my my opinion is is that you know this game is watched and played and analyzed the best when you don't overcomplicate it, right? So take take the Harvard statistics out for a bit and just focus on the players in the in the game film and how everybody acclimates together and the intangibles that all these players have. So. Coming full circle, yeah, man. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a great player. 
he's a great prospect. He's probably the best quarterback prospect come out since Andrew Luck, but I don't see like them turning around anytime soon. I mean, they got like a really good selection of um, skill players. We'll get into one of them later. Uh, I just I don't know. I, I don't have faith in uh, the organization. I'll, I'll, it, I'll say so. I'll say this. You know, at, at the very least, I'll say this for the Jacksonville fans that are out there. Um, you know, they, they need to make big changes if they're going to turn the ship around. Uh, and I do respect that that's what they're trying to do. They went out, they, sure. they you know, they've drafted Trevor Lawrence. They're bringing in Urban Meyer. Um, right. Yeah, I, I've already said that I'll, I'm not going to hold my breath. I'll believe it when I see it. But it certainly won't happen if they don't make big changes. And they definitely are trying to make big changes. So I'll give them that. They're trying. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you can poop in one hand and do something in the other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the phrase, man, but you know what I'm going with you, this one. Okay. Try, try, try in one hand <laughs> and, and poop, poop in, the, in other the other and see which one fills up first. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, enough with this one. Uh, a player who they called the Mormon Mahomes, Zach Wilson. Um <laughs> I think I, I, I had not heard him called uh, that. <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> I think a guy who really benefited from like a COVID situation because he was like sort of like a third or fourth round uh, guy before COVID happened and then uh, didn't play in front of any fans. Uh, this is just my opinion. I think he really benefited from just having like a, a lot of neutral stadiums and also playing as an independent with a weak schedule and other, outside of playing Coastal Carolina, which they lost to. Um, they didn't play anybody. Zach Wilson, though, I mean, what can you say? The guy looked great on film, so it's kind of like one of those things where it's, Ab- what do you trust, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, we, we see this, you know, almost every year, if not more than once a year in the draft. This, the, this, you know, pick one and two here. Another, you know, promising young quarterback. We never know how they'll do in the NFL, but uh, he did not, you know, the Jets didn't do him any favors by drafting him, just like Jacksonville <laughs> didn't do Trevor any favors by drafting him. Yeah. Um, so you know, you you, I mean, if you like me and you like to root for the underdogs, you at least root for these players. Um, I, I'd love to see Zach Wilson do well, even though I, I have no love for the Jets, uh, and I have no expectations that that one rookie can come in, go under center. And, and make magic happen. Well, uh, you you know, not to cut you off, but isn't it fair to say that, like, you're bringing a rookie quarterback, you got to have a head coach who's offensive-minded? Is that, you know, like, just to sort of give him a nice landing spot and sort of have, like, that really close relationship between the head coach and quarterback and him just be completely invested in his development and everything? The Jets hired oh, I, Robert Sala from, yeah. from San Francisco defensive coordinator like right okay so i i think you make a really good point there yeah um in, in the con column uh because yeah the the you know it you know court quarterbacks are only it, it's not the nba you know what i mean right. these quarterbacks are only going to be as good as the people propping them up uh they're only going to be as good as their quarterback as their coaches are right. their offensive coordinators have to have to get the most out of them and scheme uh things that are going to work for them Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's not a good sign that he you know they the jets don't have a kevin stefanski 
to bring this kid along. You know, <laughs> it's fair. Um, San Francisco takes Trey Lance at three. They trade three first round picks um, to Miami. Uh, yes, sorry, I had to read that a little closer. To Miami, um, and uh, let me tell you, Trevor, guy hasn't played in over two years. Um, if you were San Francisco, even though you had Jimmy Garoppolo, because why wouldn't you want to play this guy immediately? Because a, you don't know who you, what you have, and b, he's got to get reps. Like he has to get reps at the NFL level. Like yeah, what, th- so this one he can't sit. You know, he can't sit. Like he right, has to no, play. Yeah, you know so. Number three pick overall. This is the first really interesting pick to me in the draft, um, and I can go a lot of ways. And I can, you know, my my, my opinion can flip flop. Um, you, you already said it to to you know to spend what they spent to trade up for this guy. He really should be their guy. Um, you know, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to work out for them, and they know that, I think that uh, trade negotiations can't start too soon. It's not worth having a number three overall and a guy like Garoppolo on the same roster, um, earning what he's earning. Uh, the, the real, to me, the real clear winner. Yeah, exactly. The, the clear <laughs> winner in this scenario is Trey Lance uh, compared to the other two quarterbacks that got drafted above him. I feel like Trey Lance has hit the jackpot uh, as long as he can, uh, live up to who they want him to be, right? Because uh, he's he's going to be playing. I mean, it, don't get me wrong; it's an extremely competitive uh, division, but he's on a great team with a great coach, um, and you know they've got a tough defense once they're healthy, and uh, a really uh, you know, I, th- I think the way that that they scheme their offense is going to be great for a young quarterback to come in and develop. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I like this pick as long as they – I mean, the one the, – the thing that makes it a head-scratcher is Garoppolo's situation. Yeah. So – I guess in, like, an ideal world, you'd like to have seen him get traded before all this went down, you know, and, like, right. have some resolution there. Because, like, that's a tough spot for Jimmy to be in. Like, he goes to the Super Bowl, right? And granted, like, you're just – you're – I mean, labeled a glorified game manager. I, I watched some of those games, man. I don't. He beat New Orleans in Week 16. I thought that was all him, you know. And that's a big game, Monday night, you know. And and before they went to the Super Bowl. And granted, like, you know, he made that boneheaded interception <laughs> in right. the Super Bowl. You know, it's like, I mean, what do you expect? I I, I don't think anybody thought they were gonna beat. Uh, Kansas City that year uh, it came close but that is what it is anyway um, Trey Lance one of the most athletic quarterbacks you'll ever scout literally uh, and North Dakota State you know who knows what the I mean that's a division 1A school so a division 1A 1AA school or whatever they call it now football subdivision I think like that's so I, I mean I, I don't know <laughs> I, it's hard for me to say Carson Wentz went to North, North Dakota State he ended up being okay um, but I oh absolutely I'm not... I, I, North, North Dakota State's a really interesting program yeah uh, for their con- for their league that they play in right um, but uh, but you know it is it, it doesn't have the the same uh, pressure the same crowds that playing for a power five conference does mm-hmm. um, but that's you know that's not always a necessity or, or a problem for these guys that come out of these smaller programs Uh 
you know, it, the, you know, the only thing that does make sense that they still have Garoppolo is that Trey Lance, as you said, hasn't played for two years. So, you know, I, I, it, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to get first-hand perspective on exactly what the 49ers think their situation is. Uh, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, man. I, I would love to right. be in the room when they made that trade because you, I guarantee you, and I don't, you know, listen, I don't know John Lynch. And if he's out there listening, just come, just call me. Shoot, shoot me a line. Yeah, let us know, man. Right, be our insider. You know, <laughs> you, don't, you don't say any, your name at all. It's just, it's just a guy I know. You know just a little guy I know. Anyway, um, you know, I think that was a John. Uh, excuse me, a Kyle Shanahan pick. And I think I don't. If I know from what I've read and what I heard, you know, John Lynch. I don't think. I think wanted to stick with um, with Garoppolo, and uh, you know Shanahan is was dead on with 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 Lance, and wouldn't sort of be refused in a trade trade up for Miami, and like the real winner here is, <laughs> I mean Miami just keeps collecting picks, and like oh man, and they're yeah. they're going to be absolutely scary in probably like a year or two, and they they were a borderline playoff team last year, and now they add more first round picks, and without further ado. Uh, I'm going to skip over Kyle Pitts uh, for a bit. You know, just to talk about Jamar Chase, who got drafted by Cincinnati. He goes back to Joe, Joe Burrow. Guy didn't play last year. Another guy didn't play last year. But the best receiver in the draft, ironically. You know. Right. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, I you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to sound like a broken record with how many times this happened, this draft. But, you know, you're putting a really talented, you know, you know young, talented wide receiver with the uh, with the guy he caught passes from in college, um, and so that that really is the headline with this pick is, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, you know they need a lot of things they have to put a lot of pieces around him but this one is uh, you know a, a, almost as close as you get to a sure thing right uh, in the draft um, you know if if you if you're not doing this and you want to address the O line. First, uh, you almost want you almost expect them to trade down, uh, build some draft capital if that was the way they decided to go. But I like this pick getting getting Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, um, the guy that can you know you know catch anything, stretch the field, uh, and has excellent uh, rapport with your with your franchise quarterback. So I like this pick a lot. I can't disagree with you that I like the pick, but man, like he got I, Joe Burrow. The reason he didn't play a whole season is because he got killed. <laughs> like, so if you got a guy, oh, on the, absolutely right. So if you got a guy on the board like Penny Sewell, probably the best offensive tackle prospect to come out in probably five or ten years. Honestly, like guys just a complete mauler, monster. You know, won every single trophy you could win under the sun as as offensive tackle on the. In, College, another guy didn't play, by the way, you know, so that says something. Maybe that's the reason why. But he's 20 years old. Panay Sewell is 20 years old, and he's that that damn good. And he could have protected Joe Burrow's blind side, and they could have just loaded up on receivers later in the draft, which is what, you know, you can always find a receiver running back later in second and third round. That's quality starting player. I don't – listen, I don't deny the fit. I just am curious about, like, how are they going to protect Joe Burrow? That's my question. You know, no, I mean, I think that's it. I think that's the question on every yeah. Bengals fan's mind right now. Right. Um, 
and and you know I've I've been in that situation with my Vikings, and uh, it's it, you know you you just don't know how how these O lines and the O line prospects are going to perform until you get them out there as a unit. You see what kind of offense you're running. Um, I I mean I I think you know nobody's going to argue with you when you say Cincinnati is is in desperate need right. of improving their O line. Um, and that's kind of the maddening part about these high first round draft picks is you, you can only pick one player. Right. Uh, <laughs> true. Um, very true. But, uh, you know, as long as they, you know, if you're a fan of the Bengals, you just kind of have to be optimistic and trust that they, that they have a plan for, uh, you know, you know, keeping Burrow healthy all season. <laughs> you say the uh, Bengals have a plan? I mean, you're the AFC guy, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to consult but, with my guy you know, up, up in Cincinnati. Hold on. Let me get on the phone. I'm going to say, you know, the, you know, picking Pene Sewell, you know, would, would, you know, I'd be saying the same thing. It may, it would have made a lot of sense. I would have liked that pick. Um, but uh, going with Jamar Chase, I, I'm not ready to say that they've made a mistake. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, Jamar Chase is unbelievable, you know? Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely. 4'4", 6'2", 210, everything you want in a wide receiver, okay? Like, not not denying that. Guy runs every route. It's just, I've, I mean, how much time are you going to have to throw that guy the ball if you're getting, you know, if you, your franchise quarterback gets hurt every year It's and you're playing, you know, like uh, six-round quarter, backup quarterback from – you know, I don't know, Trevor Koppel University or something. I don't know, you know, so, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I see the fit. I, I don't disagree. I just wonder like, why, you know, why, why? <laughs> um, Jalen Waddle, uh, uh, him or Devontae Smith, who would you pick? Ooh, um, gosh, you know, that's a tough one. I'll, t- I'll tell you my uh, opinion after you're done. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So, I, you know, so both Alabama wide receivers, um, so the whole, like, oh, he, he caught passes from him in college situation again, uh, you know, that that's a, you know, Recurring that would have been with either, either one. Um, I really do like, I do think Devonta Smith is just a little bit uh, more ready to make that switch to the NFL. Um I, I don't know if I how much I can really defend that. It's just the way I feel. Um, they're, they're both incredible talents. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I don't disagree with you. I just here, you know, they're they're definitely bad, bad, great talent. So it's it's tough, right? I mean, Jalen Waddle. I feel like he, you know, I don't know if he ran. A, he was injured a lot. B. Right. He didn't run the same route tree as Devontae Smith. In fact, if you go back and watch film, uh, Jalen Waddle was a post. He was a go, go route, go route, go. And he's and he's fast. And he's probably going to be a good slot receiver because he's fast. And they'll just they'll probably work on him on some of those routes and getting him over the middle and how to do the curls and here to sit in the zone and blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, I love Devontae Smith, man. He's a he's the slim reaper. And he goes to Philadelphia and plays with Jalen Hurts. I mean, what? 
better right what else did you want out of that you know it's like well, and, and, a great and once pick. again another situation um you know i loved hertz playing for the sooners but he, he he made a name for himself playing in alabama and so again you've got another receiver catching passes from a guy he played with in college right um it's just you know we're seeing a lot of that out of this draft yeah. um so i i think getting devonta smith at number 10 the eagles that that's a great pick for them oh yeah yeah and they um they traded up to get him uh two spots with dallas which is kind of funny and they only gave i think like a fourth round pick and if you look at like the eagles wide receiver situation like okay perfect like throw Devonte smith in there get jalen hurts more help and there's nothing wrong with like having a future receiver i think jalen waddle's good He'll be a good fit with Miami because they have Will Fuller and Devontae Parker. So it's kind of like you need that slot receiver. Uh, I just wonder if, like, uh, I don't know. And, you know, and this is, like you said earlier, it's the draft and, you know, things change, blah, blah, right? I just wonder, like, what like what could have been if they had just put Devontae Smith with, like, uh, Miami. Or if Miami took Panay Sewell because uh, they needed a left tackle, you know. So I don't know. Um Here's the next two picks. Two corners, J.C. Horn, Pat Sertain, both right. great prospects. Well, and then before we're closing the book on Panay Sewell, oh, go ahead. this is the first, uh, <laughs> first non-quarterback pick that I actually uh, I feel bad for him. Okay. Uh, you know, he's going, he's going to the Lions. <laughs> okay. uh, you've, already, you've already heard my opinion on, on their quarterback situation. I feel like they, they got a downgrade at quarterback. Um, so... You know, Pinay Sewell, you mentioned he, he's supposed to be this generational talent. Um, so for him to really work out with the Lions, I definitely see it as something that has to work out down the road. Right. As in, as in not this season and probably not next season either. Um, so, you know, but, but yeah, mo- moving on to these two cornerbacks, uh, great cornerbacks sure. at the SEC conference. Um, definitely going to add value to, to both of these teams. Uh but with with the Panthers, with the Broncos, um, the head scratcher to me is that neither one of these teams jumped on the chance to uh, to draft the next quarterback in our list, which is Justin Fields. Right. Um, I just yeah, and and I know that quarterbacks get all the hype in the draft, and and that's not always uh, fair, or, or or you know, it turns out to be the case as we find out, you know, which of these players are going to be future Pro Bowlers. But uh, to me, that was a little strange that he fell all the way to 11 and fell to the Bears. Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a second. You know, I got to tell you, I don't, I, I love J.C. Horn. I think he's like Stephon Gilmore, honestly, like esque. He has really good leverage, plays with really good pad height, and like at the things I've seen at training camp so far, I mean, like every break he has, he his pads don't move. <laughs> I mean, literally, like you can watch him go back uh, on a, a kind of, um, you know, run back on a on a on a go route. Pads don't move, same height. Goes plays up on a curl. Pads don't move, same height. Slot receiver comes around the middle. Pads don't move, same height. I mean, this guy is just technique city, you know. Uh, Pat Sertain, right. his dad was fantastic for the for the Miami Dolphins, and he played really really well for Alabama. I can't. I mean, okay. Would you rather have one of those guys or Justin Fields? I mean, do you win more with a cornerback or do you win more with a quarterback? You know, maybe they just they just got confused right. on the on the spelling. I'll take 
take the the cornerback. Don't you mean Justin Fields? Yeah, that's what I said. You know, like oh, he said corner. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, right. okay. <laughs> well, and and that's what you know. These these are two teams that you know. I you know the the Panthers have a lot of things in place. Um, their their offense is certainly, in my opinion, a good quarterback away from being you know what you need out of your offense. Uh, and, and the Broncos, I feel like the Broncos are, are desperate for uh, a quarterback that they can be with for, for more than a couple of years under center. Um, and, and, and they both made moves in the off season to bring new quarterback talent in. But I, I, to me, it, to, I mean, if I'm a fan of one of these teams, I'm upset that they didn't grab Justin Fields. Rightfully so. Uh, I mean, you're either going to be playing with Sam Darnold or Teddy Bridgewater and or um, Drew Locke. <laughs> so, like, right. I think I'd take Justin Fields over those three guys. You know. Um, no, and, and I mean, I'm optimistic for Sam Darnold. I want to, I want to believe that that he's better than the, than who the Jets let him be. Um, you guys know that I love Teddy Bridgewater. I want him to step in and and you know take him to the playoffs. Right. But being being realistic. I think both of these teams may have messed up by not grabbing Justin Fields. And, uh, and it's like with Denver, I, I get it. Like they have a defensive head coach, Vic Fangio, and they have they got they picked up Kyle Fuller and they picked up um, sorry uh, Ronald Darby. As I had a brain fart there, uh, Bryce Callahan, and they have Pat Sertain and Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. So I mean, they have a great secondary now. I'm not, you know, and maybe they think they're building back to front in terms of getting back to the Super Bowl or even in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's a decent idea. Uh, it's just like you have a thirty, the thirty or thirty-first ranked quarterback playing. That that's, I mean, Peyton Manning was was like that in the Super Bowl year, but I mean, he was Peyton Manning, so you know, it's that's a whole another story. You know what I mean? Um, what did you think about Chicago training up? So this is actually, um, you know, one that I, I feel like Chicago, I, I feel like, you know, the, the Chicago is a team that, that has been putting a lot of pieces in place, you know, going all the way back to bringing Khalil Mack in when they did, um, you know, they, they're putting together a, a solid defense. They've got, you know, pieces in place in offense, um, but I, I really do feel like they're a team that might just be a good quarterback away from being an extremely relevant football team year in and year out. Uh, and this could be the piece for them. Um, I, you know, the, the, the division is certainly up in the air, especially not knowing what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we could see the Bears become dominant in the NFC North, and Justin Fields might be – uh, might be key in that. Right, right. I I thought there was, you know, I like I love Justin Fields. Don't get me wrong. I and it's weird because he was considered like the second overall quarterback in this draft for so long. Even in high school, him and Trevor Lawrence were compared to one another. You know, mm-hmm. and like going into this, like I don't know what happens. I think a lot of people said he just kind of sticks to his first read or like takes too long to find somebody open. I think. He incurred a lot of sacks. He threw interceptions this season, and if not in front of an audience. I mean, that doesn't look good for anybody, you know. 
Um, right. So, like, with him, it's interesting. They traded up and gave an extra first-round pick next year. It looks like they moved nine spots. Uh, <laughs> Trevor, help me out with this one, with the compensation. I don't – is that too much, too little? What do you think? I mean, I, I don't think it's too much if – if Justin Fields can be who, you know, a lot of people think that he can be, um, you know, you, you mentioned he had a lackluster, you know, he didn't have his typical season, his last season, and there weren't people in the stands. He threw some interceptions. Um, but I, I feel like as far as the talent that's there and his potential, it's really going to just come down to, uh, you know, the team around him and, and whether or not they can coach him up. Um, I, I I feel like it was a pretty good move. Um, and, I mean, you're, you're talking to somebody who doesn't like the Bears. Right. I, you know, I've got no love for the Bears. Uh, <laughs> a bear but, or the Bears? Yeah. <laughs> Any bear? <laughs> yeah, anyway. Right. So, you know, uh, <laughs> you, know you want to hear me talk about Chicago, I'll say go Bulls. Oh, um, no. But, uh, <laughs> oh, no. But you know, I, I, to me, this move really did make a lot of sense for Chicago. Yeah, I get it. And you know what? They're like, there's they've been searching for a franchise quarterback for like 80 years. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, they they you know? they're they're done with the Trubisky experiment that, right. that really that really blew up in their face. Right. Um. And and, and that could have factored into this too. You know, the whole like, oh, we we didn't draft Mahomes. We can't. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't miss a chance to get another good quarterback. And, you know, Justin Fields is still out there. What do we got to do to go get him? Totally. Uh, hey, it makes sense. And if it's your guy, like, it's like, you know, I, I have the same philosophy. Um, I wish it was – I wish I could have said at the time while it was happening. But, like, with Jimmy G, like, if Jimmy Garoppolo was available and New England wanted him, you know, like, he's your guy. You think he's a franchise quarterback? You put the value on him. You know, right. go get him. Like whatever it caught, whatever it takes, because it's your guy. You know, like it, it doesn't matter if it's first round pick, second, third, or whatever, escalating to a, a second if it's a third or what have you. You know, thing with Justin Fields, I like the pick. Um, I just, you know, I heard a lot of bad things about him, but that's what the media does. You know, they perpetuate the, the right. negative things. So, and you know, that is what it is. Um, Next picks, uh, you know, we won't get to the second or third round just for, for time purposes, but we got still a decent amount to talk about. Micah Parsons replacing Sean Lee. Uh, do you mean like a quick hit on that for the Dallas Cowboys? So, I mean, I, I, think, it, I think this is a good move. You said it, Sean Lee is out. Um, yep. So there's a definite, I mean, when, when, you, when you lose a player like Sean Lee, that creates a huge hole on the defense. You've got to do something. You've got to address it. Um, Micah Parsons might not be, uh, you know, might not be able to fill that hole, but I think for the talent that Micah Parsons is Dallas was the right team for him and they got him at the right spot. So I like that pick. Right. Like the pick too. The only guy I didn't play last year. I think he's probably like the best defensive player in the draft. Um, he, and he went 12. How crazy is that? Um, and, uh, yeah, I I mean I think he's just he's a guy who can play four, three downs. He he's a good cover linebacker, and honestly, like in a world where like Luke Keekley was the same sort of player, like if you get him at twelve and you already have your quarterback, then there you go. You got your quarterback or your defense, 
Rashawn Slater goes to 13 to LA. He's going to protect uh, Hebert's blind side. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker goes to the Jets. Uh, and you, you, <laughs> if you can see me on uh, <laughs> on Zoom, I'm excited to talk about the next one. I swear I won't take a lot of time. But Mac Jones, baby. <laughs> Michael McCorkle uh, Jones goes to the Patriots at 15. Do you think it's a mistake that New England didn't trade up to get Justin Fields? Or do you think it was a good idea that he went back? Or what, what's your opinion of this? this well, play? so, I mean, the – the story that I'm hearing on this again, you know, sometimes you wonder, you know, should this team have traded up for the, for what they're going after? Um, you know, the, the, the buzz on this is that Mac Jones is who new England wanted. Um, not, not to say that he's better or even better for them than some of these other quarterbacks, but they weren't going to trade into the top three picks. Um, and you know, as long as they prefer Mac Jones to, uh, to Justin Fields, then, you know, I, I think this is a great pick. Um, you know, this is a team using their first round pick, in my opinion, to address the thing that they need most. And that's to put some real talent in the quarterback pipeline. Um, so this, this is one that I'll have a, a sharp eye on because of course, Cam Newton, Cam Newton's, he's getting old, he's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, and uh, we, we haven't seen the old Cam in a long time now. Uh, we, we, you know, last season wasn't exactly a fair assessment of how he's going to fit on the Patriots with him getting sick and the whole COVID season. Um, but uh, I, I like this pick a lot. Yeah, me too. I, I, you know, honestly, like if he's your, I just said it earlier, if he's your guy, it don't matter really where you get him. And New England, like, didn't have to trade up. They just let him fall to him, you know? Right, and he played. Right. He played in Alabama. Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are good friends. And believe it or not, this is the only guy, only <clears throat> excuse me, quarterback that Bill Belichick went out and scouted himself. And and Josh McDaniels went out and they saw Max pro day. And as far as I'm concerned, they they knew who they were going to take from the get go. I think you know this is and this is just my opinion. Um, I I'm not a hundred percent sold on the idea that like. They were gonna that they were always gonna take him at fifteen. Like I feel like, and I don't know which player this is. I uh, would have to go through like the crystal ball of decisions and what what have you. But I think I think once they dropped Mac dropped him, it was sort of inevitable, you know. And Kraft would probably told Bill to pull the trigger. He's your guy. Go get him. We need him. No, and and we need. I mean, he I think he's a perfect fit for offense because yeah. Well, and, and I don't think there's a way to – I don't think there was a way to trade down and still get him because if, right. if he doesn't go to the Patriots, uh, it's easy to see teams like Las Vegas or Washington uh, snatch him yeah. up at 17 or 19, uh, put him in their right. you know, uh, quarterback room. Right. So I think, uh, yeah. you know, I think this could work out really well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and Cam Newton, man, I mean, he throws paint cans. Nobody in New England wants to see him play <laughs> a, another down. And if you do, honestly, um, send your mental health diagnosis to <laughs> at Robbie K's on Twitter because I don't believe you for one second. Honestly, uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I mean, granted, he didn't have the, the the weapons around him like Mac's gonna have, and 
but they needed to build for the future and they needed to sort of move on from the stink that was the last season when they went seven and nine and say, you know, see that we had a plan. <laughs> you know, it made us suck last season, but you know, Matt's our guy, <laughs> you know, like, and so, and, but, but that's what right. Bill's about, you know, like Bill doesn't get pants. Like that's, you know, Bill doesn't look stupid, you know? So like, yeah, I waited till 15 to get him. Okay. Um, right. Right. You know, and, uh, and the world keeps turning. So, uh, love the pick. I think we both do. I don't have anything else to say about it. Um, we're going to jump ahead a little bit just for time purposes. Uh, this is probably my favorite team in the first round that made some really good pick, uh, really good trade, and then still got the guy they wanted. Minnesota takes Christian Derrissaw at 23. They move back um, from <clears> – excuse me. They move back from uh, – uh, 14, excuse me. And – they yeah. still get the guy they wanted, and they move back nine spots, and they pick up a bunch of draft picks. Like what the? <laughs> so you know, uh, you yeah. know, watching watching the draft the night of uh, this one, you know, I, I didn't love it in 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 real time. I thought, oh my god, we're we're moving out of the 14th pick down to 23. We're trying to beef up the O line. Uh, all these talented O linemen are going ahead. You know, even. Even the Jets use the 14th pick to, to grab an old lineman, um, but uh, I you know when it's not I, I would be terrible on draft day in the moment these decisions because <laughs> I I just don't have it in me. Um, but the Vikings front office uh, I I do uh, appreciate how good they are at, at what they do. I, I'm never really that disappointed in anything that they do with the draft. And the the story is is that Darisaw was always their guy. They were confident they could trade down and still get him. And, uh, and you know, using all that later round draft capital that they pick up uh, goes a long way to fix what might be the biggest concern outside the O-line, which is be building up a, a young, uh, talented defense uh, after after this, you know, last two seasons of a you know, fire sale on all of our perennial pro bowlers. Um so, uh, so uh, a once I got some, once I got some distance from this, I, I like it more and more. I think Darisaw uh, is going to be a big upgrade to the to the O line for us, and uh, you know the fact that we we're able to trade down and get who you know if, if it's true we would have taken him at fourteen without trading him down, trading down, and we traded down and got him at twenty three. Then that's that's just uh, gravy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it was probably, like, outside of Chicago, probably the best trade in the second uh, – excuse me, in the first round. Um, because, you know, Chicago went up, got the quarterback, and they paid a lot. Minnesota just, like, okay, we need an offensive tackle. Oh, there's our guy. Well, let's trade back nine spots. If he's there, he's there. And if he's not, we'll just trade back again. I presume that's probably what they were thinking. And take Tevin Jenkins, um, uh, you know, who went uh, – just went in the second round here he is to 39 to chicago that's kind of ironic <laughs> anyway um you know so they knew what they were doing the whole time and chris Beelman, i mean he's like the danny ainge in a good way i'm sorry not like the comments he said but like a trader danny sort of thing of of the nfl i mean the guy <laughs> he just he's just he, i mean he just knows how to play the board and you know and for a guy who can get uh an offensive tackle at 23 who's a starter probably uh, left tackle for Minnesota and they need it desperately need it. Um, and they picked up other draft picks and what can you say? It's, it's an excellent trade, you know? Um, uh, let's see two more. Uh, Jacksonville takes Travis Entian at 25. They had to trade up with LA. Tell me you 
tell try and tell me you like this pick. Try and tell me it. I like the player. Well, first I, off, I mean, but, yeah. yeah, no, I I think Travis Satine could be could be a real uh, you know impactful player on on a lot of these rosters. Um, and and that being said, in the in the next few rounds, all the way through the draft, really, there's there's some very interesting running backs coming out of this uh, 2021 draft. But this trading up to get this guy here for Jacksonville, I I don't like this pick. I I you know people are making the argument that oh, and once again a broken record here. Oh, they played together in college. We're getting two guys off of the same uh, amazing offense. Um, we're talking about a quarterback and a running back. It's not a not a wide receiver, not a tight end. Uh, even a trusted left tackle makes more sense to me when you're going to make that argument. Um, I I don't see that the Jacksonville Jaguars had need of a first round running back uh, in terms of of what that team really did need out of this draft. Uh, so to me, I, I, you know, I'll say it again. I think. Travis is going to be a great running back, but I don't like this move for Jacksonville. I just thought, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to build around a, you know, a, a young quarterback, just my idea is that you just fix that front five offensive lineman. And theirs is okay. A lot of veterans though. I'd like to have seen them just maybe sit in the second round. They had, you know, or, um, sit somewhere and just pick Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> That's, I thought he's, he slipped to the second round. I thought he was like top three or four offensive linemen on the board at all times. Um, and Entian's going to be a great player. And I think he plays in space and he's fast and he's dynamic. And, you know, you could say what you want about him. Um, and he's going to match up great with like DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones. Uh, that's all great. Uh, and, and, you know, Jacksonville's gonna be in the hole for two years, so they can figure out more guys to pull around with, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> right. I, I just well, and and yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Some of some of these draft picks with some of these organizations, they almost, you know, they almost force you to take that loser's mentality of, well, they're they're planning for future drafts. They they didn't grab right. what they could have here because they think they've got the old yes. lineman they want next year, or they think they've got. Right. Uh, you know, the quarterback that they want next year. Uh, right. So, and so it gives them an out. It, yeah. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but it, as a, if you're a fan of these teams, it's really hard to think that way. Um, Absolutely. You want to see your team do the best they can this year with the draft picks they have right now. Uh, so I, I, I just, it, to me, Jacksonville doing this, it's to trade up for if, if they already had, the 25th pick by other means, you know, previous trades, um, then sure. But to trade up to get him in the draft like this, it didn't, it was like, what, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, you know, I'll, I'll be, I, I'm wrong. Plenty. We'll see. Nobody's, we're, we're the weatherman of sports. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, so two, two, uh, <laughs> one last, uh, well, let's go two last ones, one for fun and one for just sake of just interesting football, just knowledge and whatnot. Baltimore Ravens, Rashad Bateman gets, gets selected. He, I think they've taken five receivers between round one through four and that's like two or two or three drafts. Um, at least two first rounders, a few second or third rounders. 
I apparently Lamar Jackson is going to be playing more under center. So what do you think about them adding another guy like Rashad Bateman? He's uh, from Minnesota, six foot one ninety. Well, didn't play last year either. Didn't play last year. How many times am I going to say that? Right, Good right. Lord. I mean, yeah, yeah. broken record. Um, right. You know, what when you talk about their history of, of how many you know, high draft picks they've spent in the last couple of years on uh, wide receivers and how you know how how it hasn't really paid off for them you almost feel like they're falling into this trap of we got to keep drafting first round wide receivers until we get someone that really lives up to where we drafted it. And, and that, that can be, uh, that can be dangerous. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you know, I, I keep saying it, you always want the best for these players. Uh, cause it's a real exciting time for them and their careers. Um, you know, Rashad Bateman, it's a chance to go play on a on a team that that feels that it's in the Super Bowl conversation every year at this point. Um, real explosive offense. Uh, if he can go in there and find a way to produce and give them what they're looking for, it, it could be could be a match made in heaven. But I'm not holding my breath on this one, and I think that. Uh, I don't know. There, there's there's other ways right now uh, to build your wide receiver core, mm-hmm. and and I mean I mean, I, being a Vikings fan, maybe maybe I'm biased. There's you you can really develop some of these less hyped players into the wide receivers that you need, um, and I'm I'm wondering if Baltimore wouldn't have been better off. Uh, strengthening parts of the defense so that they can keep that offense in the game when they play explosive teams like like the Chiefs and and plays you know teams like that so uh, but no it's it's certainly an interesting pick you forgot to mention New England as an explosive offense um <laughs> uh one you're going to have a lot oh, of fun did with I, did I forget to do that did I 29 <laughs> <laughs> 29th overall uh green bay uh this is last point and we'll sign off here green bay takes eric stokes a so, cornerback from georgia didn't play last season <laughs> but i think it's funny considering the whole yeah didn't situation. didn't play last season yeah we need an acronym by the way didn't play last season <laughs> aka um, he's special but uh yeah. you know I'll, I'll just say i'll just say right away that i I hate this pick uh, because I think it's a really good one. Um, I think, uh, you know, and and I know that the Packer fans are going to say, oh, uh, we never use our first round picks to put offensive weapons around Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, you know, recent history shows that, that investing in their defense, especially in their defensive secondary, has really been paying off for Green Bay. Um, they're becoming a really difficult team to move the ball on, uh, especially through the air, which is big in in this league. Um, and this this is another great cornerback out of the SEC. Uh, I think he's got. Uh, you're gonna hate this word. I think Eric Stokes has great metrics. I think uh, adding him to the Green Bay secondary it, it really improves that team. Um, obviously. 
Green Bay didn't have an easy day on day one of the draft was the same day that, that uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers proclaimed that he wasn't going to play for them again. Um, and we have no idea, even now, how much of that is just uh, uh, an Aaron Rodgers bluff, uh, you know, kind of a push and pull with the front office to, to give him more of what he wants. But I, I like this pick for Green Bay, which is why, as a Vikings fan, I, I don't like this pick. Um, I don't want Eric Stokes on another uh, NFC North defense, um, especially a, a competitive team like the Packers. So I, I think this is not what the Green Bay Packer fans want, but I do think it's good for their team. I think uh, it's great. Yeah, man. I mean, a guy that was like really good in the SEC, played against all his Alabama receivers. Uh, what can you say? I mean, very fast man-to-man corner. And, like, we all saw Kevin King get, like, absolutely torched in the NFC Championship game and the divisional playoffs. So he can take over for, for him. And he's the same length and can play against big bodies, tight ends, and whatnot. So I like the pick. It's just kind of funny that it's like, how are we going to keep Aaron Rodgers here? Oh, how about we draft a quarterback? <laughs> a cornerback. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, what the hell? Okay. Sorry, we're, uh, we're deep into this one, um, which means we're going to get to the second, third, and so on and so forth rounds next episode and hopefully dip into the NFL schedule. Any last thoughts for this first round of the draft? We went, um, you know, we, one, we went one on. last thought, you know, uh, a guy that we skipped over early, um, Kyle Pitts getting drafted by Atlanta. I'm not going to oh. go too deep into this pick. Um, uh, I'm not going to get into the Falcons too much, and they certainly have their own uh, controversies unfolding right now. Uh, but in terms of a, a tight end, uh, you know, first of all, it's, it's noteworthy that no tight end has ever gone this high in the draft ever. Um, so it, it speaks a lot about uh, how much that position, not just, not just, you know, we all know that the tight end position has been changing, but it's like it's official. The tight end position has changed, and right. it's a huge part of successful offenses. And I think in a lot of ways Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, if you're not looking at, terrible teams that are desperate for a, a franchise quarterback. I think Kyle Pitts might be the safest pick I saw in the first round. Um, yeah. And there you go. I, just, I said it. <laughs> uh, mic drop. Literally. Um, no, I, I yeah, think you're right. Yeah. Safe, def, definitely safest pick, like produced at a next level and at university of Florida, like all he did was score touchdowns and make people look silly, you know? And like, like you said, he's, I mean, the tight end position Gronk and, we just shown the the value over the last probably since Shannon Sharp's been like twenty five years has slowly gone up and has skyrocketed since Gronk really entered the league and showed that like you can really benefit in the red zone throughout the field not only from receiving but blocking and if they can do both then like you have an extra offensive lineman on the field you know and that's really like what a good tight end will provide you anywho. So, yeah, we both like Kyle Pitts. I'll, I'll endorse it as the safest pick in the draft and say that. I was really hoping he'd fall. Um, we can get into something with Atlanta in the next episode at the start. But, um, okay, my sign-off. <laughs> so, uh, really enjoyed the episode, man. I like going back and looking at the draft. I did. I really – I love the draft this year. I, I just thought – I think in five years we're really going to be looking at this – there's going to be a lot of players who got drafted late. We'll get into it in the next episode who I think like were really overlooked because of the tape and the, and the COVID situation and everything. Um, so that's, uh, that's absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we've got 
we've got plenty of time, plenty of episodes to cover the rest of the draft in before before we even get close to to these preseason games. Um, so we'll, we'll yeah. definitely be doing yeah. some more analysis of the later rounds. Um, it, yep. It's, it's fun because it's impossible to predict which, you know, which fourth round cornerback uh, is going to be a future Hall of Famer, things like that. <laughs> so, uh, you for know, sure. tune in uh, again next week for more fun and speculation. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this is Rob Case, Football in General. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Football in General Pod. Uh, we're working on the Twitter, I swear. Um, also, uh, top t- <laughs> the Top of the Table Soccer Podcast is uh, produced and created by our friend Jake Landry. Uh, if you're into um, soccer, football, and anything that goes on in England, um, give, give him a follow and a like and listen, please. Um, just an excellent three guys there. It's a round table, and they do a really good discussion about soccer. So, Trev, you, Trev tell, tell them who you are. I'm Trevor Koppel. Once again, this is always a lot of fun. The last uh, hour or so has really flown by. Um, so uh, I hope you guys enjoy it and, uh, you know, give us a like, give us a follow, and uh, we'll keep it going. This is Rob Case, Football in General. See ya.